We just did our mission statement, which is three points. The first point, in other words, why we exist as a church, we feel is one, to break down the walls between the church and the community. Two, to help people grow and flourish. And three, to reach a broken world. And for those of you who don't know what this church is about, that's really what we're about. Uh, Also, Josh went on and just explained how our heart is to be an Acts 2 church that welcomes people home into rich, thriving, flourishing community where we can grow together, where we can challenge one another, where we can share our lives, where we can cry together, laugh together, uh, just be together and see people added daily to what God is doing here. We shared, Josh shared that as our heart. Uh, We also shared that we recognise that our world is hurting and there's a lot of pain out there and there's probably a lot of pain in us. And we said, but we know the one who can help us through that, Jesus. And we know the one who can help others through that. And that's why we're passionate about um, sharing Jesus. And we know that Jesus and this church or the church in general, his church, is the hope of the world. That's why we're passionate about seeing people find healing and restoration through the church and through Jesus because we know it's the only answer. And we shared about how it's not through perfection or religion or any of those things that we're going to reach people, but it's through the message of our lives and what we carry and through living authentic, open, transparent, vulnerable lives. That's how we're going to see people connected with God and walking in His purpose and effectively our world transformed. So uh, that is pretty much in a nutshell. And um, if you want to know more detail, please go and listen on SoundCloud. Last week was more explaining and just outlining what our heart is. It was probably a little bit more, I don't know if it was dry, but um, it was just what it was. Hopefully this week will be a little bit more interactive and lively. We'll see how we go. It could be the same. Um, but Josh and I want to share this week uh, what we feel God's putting on our heart, some things that we feel are going to mark the year ahead, um, probably prophetically is what we're sharing. And if you are new this morning, it is great to have you here. We did acknowledge this last week that uh, church can be a little bit weird and we fully understand that and can agree with you. So if you're feeling like this is weird, just like hold on. We understand that's normal to think this is weird because we are all weird. <laughs> um, don't feel like you're out of place. Yeah, you're very, you're very welcome here. Um, all right, so this morning we're going to be sharing some stuff that God has put on our hearts, some stuff that God has been stirring. Some of it's been spoken by other leaders who have come into this church. Some of it's just stuff Josh and I have been reading, hearing. Some of it's just stuff we can see is happening with our own eyes. As you look around, it's obvious. Anyone can see it's going on. So we just really want to put it all together and present to you what we feel God's been speaking to us over the last few months. And some of it we have been sitting on for a few months. And who knows that it is an incredible season we're in. In this church, you can just look around what God is doing in the youth, what He's doing in the community as we're just connecting with people. There's miracles and like the people's hearts opening and just and out of this world way, and it's completely God, and it's just a season we're in of open heaven. And we did speak about moments at our Reach Leaders Gathering. We had a couple of weeks ago, um, Dad spoke about Kronos time and Kairos time, the two different things, and I'll unpack that in a minute, and shared some really great gems on that. That is Mark, who I'm talking about, my dad. Um, And then also that same week, we read an article that um, Sharon Wright from Condobolin shared with us from Christopher Lawton, who's... Um, a minister at the Bethel Church and he was talking about the same thing and shared some really incredible insight just on the season we are in in general and I'm going to share a little bit more on this because I just think I couldn't say it better and I just completely agree with what Chris said so uh, yeah 
the Greeks have two words for time. One, chronos, which is just chronological time, hours, minutes, years. You know, it's just how we measure time. The second way they describe time is kairos. And it's, I should say, sorry, um, chronos is... um, a quantitative measure of time. Kairos is a qualitative measure of time. Not looking at that in case you're judging how I'm saying this. Um, Kairos um, is measured in a qualitative way and it is, say, for example, the right moment, the opportune moment. It's about moments and what they encompass more than just about linear time. So Chris said in this article we read, Chris Lawton, I believe we have just entered one of the most exciting Kairos moments in history. And I would have to agree. And he also said, if we understand the season we are in, it helps us know what to do with it um, and helps us actually harness the grace that God is unleashing on the earth for this season. And so that is why we want to share this morning, the season that we think we are in. And 1 Chronicles 12.32 says of the sons of Issachar, they were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. So it's important that we understand the times and not only that, but know what we should do with it. So we're going to share this morning what we feel God's doing here, but I think it's more than here. It's across the board. The first thing that I want to, I guess, start with, the first thing that I believe is marking the season we are in is divine favour. As I said, it's an incredible season of miracles, of favour. Heaven is open. Unusual things are happening in the world at this time. And Josh is going to unpack a little bit more of that in a minute. I know Josh and I are experiencing it in our own lives, just people in our world, so we're just opening up in ways that we would have never expected. Even Josh's work situations, just incredible favour on that level. It's miraculous what God is doing. And you know, in the Bible, there was examples of this. Esther, who carried favour, she went before the king and like she had such favour on her life, the king just granted her what she requested. And I feel that for some of you here, I just see you making requests to the king and with such favour on your lives that he's going to hear you on behalf of people, on behalf of our world. He's going to hear and respond. And you know, others who carried divine favour and changed history, Daniel, Moses, Noah, Samuel, David, Joseph, it goes on. There's all those in the Bible who it says there was favour on them. But I think we're in a season where more than favour on people, there's favour on a time. And you know, it's on us to benefit our world. So as I said, it's not just on people. It's the time we're in. It's in the atmosphere. And Josh is just going to explain some of the things that Chris outlined, some of the things Josh has been noticing that can just show us the incredible season that we're in. Thanks, Josh. Cool. So um, my phone will turn the right way. Um, Yeah, Chris Vallotton talked about um, there's something unusual in the air and you can see it across the political stage, across the religious realm, across professional sports. So I'm just going to highlight some of them and then Sarah will continue to talk. But, you know, we saw last year the British British voted themselves out of the EU and no one predicted that. So that could be just a standalone moment, standalone moment. But Donald Trump became president, like no one could predict that. He defeated, on his way to doing though, he defeated 15 other Republican candidates for the nomination for the nomination, then beat Hillary Clinton to become president. There wasn't a single straw poll that predicted Trump would win. On the day of the election, he was down to down in the polls as much as 12 points, which seems a lot, I don't know if it's a lot or not. If it's basketball, it's not too much, but if it's election, it must be something. But once again, against all odds, Trump won 3,084 of 3,141 counties. The you know the facts are clear. It was just um, yeah, it was just he he smashed it, and no one predicted. And whether you agree with Trump or not, that's not the point. It's like it's just, just yeah, all, against all odds, he he won. 
Um, you know, in the religious realm, 2017 marks the 500th anniversary of the Pro- Protestant Reformation. Uh, but yet last year, Pope Francis declared that the Catholics and Protestants are one church in Christ and in 499 years of division. That's like pretty huge against the odds type thing. And, you know, this year begins a year of not unity between the Catholic and Protestant churches. So this is why Sarah got me up because of the sports realm. Um, I'll probably watch a bit too much sport. Hello, there we go. You know, um, last year Cleveland in the um, NBA, Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship. um, For those who don't know basketball, they have a, at the end they have a seven game playoff with the other team. So they were playing Golden State and Cleveland were down three games to one, so they had to win the next four games to win. Four games of three, four, three, seven. Get it? Um, so, and this had never been done before in history. Never been done before in the history of the NBA. And they won, they won the, seven, um, the next four games and, and made history. But they did it against what's more like remarkable. They did it against the Golden State Warriors. And they had just set, they beat Michael Jordan's Bulls. They just won 73 games in the regular season, which has never been done. Um, Steph Curry, who was the um, best player in the game for that year, scored a record 401 three-pointers in the year as well. And um, just like, how did they beat, come back? It was against all odds. And, you know, this is not just one isolated event in the sports world. The Super Bowl, we saw Patriots beat the Falcons and they came back from a 21-point deficit to win the Super Bowl in overtime. Never has a Super Bowl gone into overtime and never has a team come back from a 21-point deficit in the Super Bowl as well. So that's amazing. We saw Leicester City win the Premier League as well, which was just remarkable in itself. But they were at the start of the seasons. If you're a betting man, it would have been good to put money because they were on 5,000 to 1 odds to win it. Like, no one gave them a hope. No one gave them a chance. You see them going this year. They're shocking this year. But um, 5,000 to 1, and they won the Champions League against teams such as Chelsea and Manchester United and and all those big leagues. Barcelona just won a um, um, UEFA Champions League game 6-1 against PSG. Um, they lost their first tie. I'm not going to go into all this, but they lost their first tie 4-0. They played their next game and they had to win by five goals to, to, to go through. And this, again, had never been done in the history of the Champions League as well. And they came... came yeah, it's soccer, Liz. Um, they came one and won 6-1 against the team, so which is quite remarkable. But the remarkable thing in the game, they had to score... Five goals to win. They scored three. It was three nil, and then PSG scored one goal, making it three one. So then they had to go. Oh, we've got to score another three goals. Nothing happened for the next half an hour. In the last, not even the last seven minutes of the game. In seven minutes, they scored three goals, but it went into overtime, and they scored in the ninety-fifth minute, ninety-minute games. In the ninety-fifth minute, they scored the winning goal, and it was just freakish and um, um, never been heard of. Thing. So this is something u- unusual in the air. There's, f- there's this favour upon team. It doesn't even, it's not even happening in just the, the church. Like if you're a Christian, your favour is going to be on you. It's just happening across the board. It's unusual favour. So maybe tap into that. Um, yeah, Sarah. Thanks, Josh. No way. No way I could have explained that. I don't understand. Um, am I loud enough? Is this 
Yep, cool. All right. So divine favour, as Josh said. But I feel there has been a battle over this because it's what God is doing. And for some, it's just been harder to tap in than others. So I just want to pray for a couple of different people in church this morning. As I was preparing, I very clearly felt um, the Garrett family. You just on my heart. So do you guys mind standing, John and Jenny? And if your kids want to stand too. I just felt, um, as I have been praying, that you guys have carried favour, that it's on your life, but the enemy's been trying to cloud it. He's come in and he's just trying to rob from you guys. And I just feel that God wants to restore that this morning. We're going to pray for that on you guys. I feel that you've caught the enemy's attention. And I feel that especially your kids have caught the enemy's attention. Ben and Annabelle in the high school are weapons. And they are gathering people to God and to youth and to church in a phenomenal way like I have never seen before. And I just think the enemy recognises that. And John, you're also stepping into a role overseeing the high schools with Yousef. So we're going to stand as a church. And we're just going to agree that any weapon the enemy has formed against you is going to be broken. And that that favour that is a signature upon your lives, I believe, is just going to be restored with double portion strength. And so I thank you for John and Jenny and the Garrett family, God. I just thank you for the mantle you've put upon their life. I just thank you that they have stepped out in faith, even in coming here. They've listened to you. I thank you for the favour upon them. And we just agree that any weapon of the enemy that has tried to come and just cloud the favour or just rob from that or take from that, we just agree that that would be broken. I just thank you for a double portion of favour upon their lives. I thank you for your protection, your covering upon them. I thank you for their kids. I thank you for Ben and Annabelle. I thank you for the weapons they are in that high school. And again, we just cover them. I thank you that your favour and your grace would rest so strongly upon them. And I just thank you as they walk out from this place that John and Jenny are going to see shift after shift after shift in their world around them, in the circumstances around them, God, because you've restored something to them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. You can sit down. Bless you guys. Um, Continue to pray for John and Jenny. I know that they've been in a battle, but God's breaking through. Amen. Uh, The second group of people I want to pray for is just for mums. And you know, when Byron and Hannah Marchant were here from New Zealand, the Equippers Church in New Zealand, Byron said that he just saw a movement of mums in our network, in our movement, but also in this church. And I just totally agree with that. God is doing something amazing in the mothers. So if you're a mum, stand. I know this is unconventional and it's a bit different, but we're going to pray for you. Yeah, you can be old. (laughs) Yes, you're still a mother. Um, So on the note of favour... I feel like, too, for the mother's hearts, that there's been a bit of attack on your favour and your joy. And I feel like God's saying he wants to restore your favour and your joy. Or maybe if you haven't lost your favour and your joy, he wants to increase it. So we're going to pray for that this morning. Um, I also feel God is going to move through you in extraordinary ways, mothers. And it's going to be unconventional and unusual. And people might think, what are those mums doing? But it's just going to um, blow people away with what God does through you. Great favour. I see God's blessing on your hands. I see God accelerating His purpose in you and around you in everything that you touch. And what is what came to mind when I was thinking about this was Gideon in the Bible. Gideon had his army of 300 men and he went and defeated an army that was much bigger than his army. And they just blew trumpets and smashed jars and the, um, the enemy, like, killed themselves with swords. They turned on themselves. And I just feel like God's going to give you mothers creative and unconventional ways to actually see victory and breakthrough outworked. And so I'm going to pray into that. Um, yeah, He's going to move in you in unusual ways, but you're going to see great 
victory. So reach your hands out to the mums if you're next to a mum. Let's just agree for blessing and favour. So God, I just thank you so much for the mothers. I thank you for the movement of mums, for what you are doing in our midst. And we just agree for great favour and joy upon them. And perhaps where some have felt like they've lost their favour or their joy. I just thank you that you're restoring it this morning. You're just restoring a sweetness even just a warmth and a tenderness, I feel, of God towards you as mothers. And I just thank you for the great victories they're going to see throughout, just as they go out and set their hands to things. You're going to bless whatever they set their hands to. I thank you for creative techniques and creative ways, God, just to go forwards and see victory outworked. And we just bless the incredible mothers in our midst. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, church, for bearing with us. Bless you, mums. All right, so it's the season we are in. Divine favour. May we expect the unexpected. God is moving against all odds, as Josh said. So who knows what could happen, but be expectant. Uh, And God is moving in an accelerated manner. All right, so that's the first one. Divine favour is going to mark this season. I feel the second thing that is going to mark this season, and Byron Marchant also, who came from New Zealand, spoke into this, is financial and resource provision. Byron actually said that finances will mark the strength of your house. And I feel that uh, there's been a battle over this, but that it is going to be an incredible strength. And increasingly, Josh and I are seeing it begin to be so. The tides are beginning to turn. Um, It's beginning to flow. We can feel it. And, you know, one way we do see resources flowing, and I spoke about this last week, was in the area of building developments. Our heart is to actually expand and upgrade our facilities for the next generation so that we can more effectively disciple those who are coming in and and bless our community. And we know that that's going to enable us to welcome people home in a greater way and into a beautiful, large place that says that you're valued and you're worth it. And uh, we are in the process of, I guess, moving forwards with that. But we know that one simple key to this flowing and to the, I guess, the financial provision and resources being unlocked is just through our tithing and our giving. It's so simple. And, you know, we all actually have a part to play in that, and we all have a part to play in that becoming a strength in our church. Josh is going to get up again in a moment to explain some things on that because he'll do it again better than me. Um, but I just want to say, firstly, we want to explain to you, church, because it's good for you to know where we're at. And perhaps some people might not know where are the church and what is, where does the money go to. So we want to explain that to you so you're in the loop. Nothing's hidden here. The books are always open and you can see Tom Foley if you'd ever like to see our books. And I know some people have already done that. Uh, secondly, we also understand that not everyone gives or ties into this church for a number of different reasons. And Josh is going to look at those and hopefully just um, dispel some myths and bring some truth. Thirdly, um, we know that tithing and giving is a key to blessing in your life and it has been in ours. So that's why we want to share with you this morning. And lastly, um, it's really a key to the next season that we're coming into. As Josh and I were preparing for Vision Sunday, and I said this last week, I really felt to encourage you, church, you're breaking down the walls between the church and the community. You're helping people grow and flourish and you're reaching a broken world. You're welcoming people home and you're doing that really well. The only thing that I felt God challenged, give for me to challenge the church on was in the area of tithes and giving. I felt God say very clearly, challenge the church on this. This is the one area that we need to grow in. And there's probably other areas, but for this uh, moment now, I felt God say challenge because it's actually going to unlock something very significant in terms of what God is wanting to do. It's going to, um, yeah, it's going to unlock greater potential in us as a church. So, um, 
yeah, the challenge is can we grow as a church in the area of tithing and sowing? And, you know, to be fully effective on mission as a church, it does take all of us. As I said earlier, we all have a part to play. Our heart is to see this church 100% invested in what God is doing in this season in our community, in our midst. And, you know, we do understand that the vision we have, um, the vision God has put on our hearts for this church is not for everyone. Everyone, well, different churches have different visions and you may not feel that you can get behind the vision of this church 100% and that is totally okay. But I do encourage you in that case to find a church that you can get behind their vision 100% because there might be something out there that suits you more because who knows, Time is short, eternity is real, lives are hanging in the balance and we don't want to muck around, oh, am I in this? Am I just going to sit on seats and warm pews? Because who knows that pew warmers and people who just hang around don't actually have a lot of effect on eternity or seeing people welcomed home and changing lives. So obviously, if you're in, awesome, but if you're not in, like, yeah, go find somewhere where you can be completely in and actually make a huge difference in the world. And on that note, I'm going to hand over to Josh. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Bring us home on tithing, Joshy. Oh, and I encourage you not to glaze over because I know Lynn said um, this a couple of weeks ago, often in the ads, um, you know, in the TV commercials, you can just switch off and like maybe this is a moment where some of you are glazing over. But like, don't, please don't hear it as we're just coming like to say, give us your money. We're coming and saying we feel this is a key to breakthrough for our, us as individuals, us as a church. And so um, keep your eyes open. Yeah, Josh is getting the whiteboard out. Do you need help with that? Thanks. Um, yeah. If, you're, if you don't know where your faith is at in God yet or you're new to church, like this is for the mature Christians, I guess, and um, so don't feel pressured or anything like that. And it's not our heart to make people give more or anything like that. We just want to share what we feel God is saying in the heart of God when it comes to tithing. And, you know, the, there are many different views on tithes, like it's a thing of the past, it's under the law, the church is just after my money. It's no longer relevant. I can't afford to tithe. I don't know if, if my tithes are going, if I can trust the people with the tithes and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. So hopefully, you know, a bit later I'll address some of these issues as we look to the Bible. But firstly, let me show you, and I'm going to get my teaching hat on, um, which is scary. Um, I'm no way a teacher in any way. But let me show you firstly, um, I've got to have my notes here. Like where we are as a church is at and just a few practical things as well. So can everyone see this board? I'll move side to side. Ruby, can you see it? Everyone can see it then. She's, she's blind. Um, yeah. Could you see that I'll take your glasses off? Can you see it? <laughs> um, cool. So I play um, soccer, soccer sometimes with Ruby in summer soccer and they always make her take her glasses off and when the ball comes head off, she's like, oh, I don't know where it is. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, you're awesome, Ruby. Again, so for um, the, I looked on, what's it called? Yeah, I did look on Google. But um, where is it? The ABS, whatever that stands for. That's some sort of breaking system. Um, the ABS, um, they said the average wage of an Australian person is $60,000 a year, right? So that's the average, some less, some more. This is average what they say. So therefore, if we divide that by 52, we get 11 or whatever, $1,153. So that's what they get weekly. That's what they're having, right? So if we go on the principle of that, we tithe 10%, like it says in the Bible, that means, I'm not going to worry about the cents, 
um, we is, people should be tithing 115 average per person in the church, right? That's 10%. Right? Mum, I'll get to that. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's 10%. So roughly in this church on every given week or whatever, we have about 100 people who are able to tithe. So if we times that by 100, we get that much. So we're an average church, everyone on the average wage, um, that's how much should be coming into the tithes each week, right? That would be cool. Um, and we all got paid that much. So I understand, I understand that we live in the country and our wages aren't as high as, say, the city wages. Hey, Liz. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, I totally understand that everyone's on that. We have a lot of youth in this church, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I researched and I just quickly figured out the average. But for the pension, so if everyone was on the pension, right? For between, I don't really know how it works exactly, but between if you're on a single pension or a um, old dual come pension, and that the average is around. And I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna. This is easier. Is eight hundred dollars a fortnight? Yeah. So that's $400 a week. So that's significantly less than um, the $1,153. So therefore, 10% of that is $40. We'll get to it if it's before tax or after tax later, Mum. Um, so if we times that by 100 again, it is, correct me if I'm wrong, $4,000 coming in. Yeah? Cool. My maths is going well, Steve. Good? Correct? Cool. Um, you know, I switched off at maths at school and now I'm a carpenter by trade and you need maths every day and, yeah, so it's kind of like, thank goodness for Google. Um, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, cool. So that's what, if everyone was on the pension, that's what we'd be coming in of 100 people gave each week, right? Cool. This highlights some things here. So what we as a church on an average get per week is that much each week average. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Over the January Christmas holidays, we got around the $1,000 mark kind of thing, which makes less than $1,000 on some mornings. So I'm just highlighting that that for whatever reason, people might not get tyres, don't get the understanding of tyres. I had heard once that for... Um, where's my notes go there? For... a this area, the average wage and all that, we should be as a church getting around the high six mark, high sixes mark. So we're well below, and I'm not trying to pressure people into getting ties. Please don't do that. Sarah's going to say something. No, you didn't stuff it up. No, stay here. I'm only going to say something quickly. Um, the 2,800 that Josh said, as a church, that is just enough to cover our commitment to our national office, to cover our mortgage, our wages. It doesn't really leave much left over for bills, so we really went quite backwards over December and January. So, um, and Tom Foley would know this better, but yeah, we would definitely probably need at least 4,000 as a church each week to cover all our bills, mortgage, wages, and that's not even extra for like pouring into departments and doing other things. So I just wanted to say practically that's what it covers. Cool. All right. So does that paint a bit of a picture of where we're at? And that, like um, Sarah said earlier, if you want to look at our books, see Tom, who's conveniently not here today. But um, swamp, swamp him next week. We won't put it on SoundCloud so he has no idea this is coming. And, and then the swamp him next week and he will. 
right? Cool. So, um, you know, Sarah and I think Tive is part of the key to unlocking some of the next season things God has for us in the church. So, you know, everyone is entitled to their own opinion and all of that, but we feel it is important, so we teach. We feel that it is important, so we want to teach on what we think God and the Bible say on the matter. Cool. So let's get into the Bible. You know, a lot of people I talk to think tithing came when the law was written. So therefore, when Jesus died on the cross, the law was broken. Therefore, it's no longer relevant. So in Leviticus 27, 30 to 34 says, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithes, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all the past, all that pass under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a substitute for it. And if he does substitute for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. So that's when the tithe was first introduced as law, right? But you'll see that tithing, the principle of tithing, actually started before then. In Genesis 14, 19 to 20, it says, And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, professor, possessor, or he could have been a professor, I don't know, of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. In, um, went too far. In Genesis 28, 20 to 22, it says, When Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and the stone, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I'll give you a full tenth to you. So before the law was established and in Leviticus, um, you know, these two people got this idea of tithing before God had said anything, and this is what we must do. So I see tithing as not a law or something that we have to do. It's actually a godly principle for our lives. It's, it's something that um, unlocks blessing and unlocks keys, unlocks doors in our life. And, you know, I once heard this, and I tried to research it, so I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I'm just going to go with it, um, that a lot of the wealthy... Donald Trump and all that sort of, that level of wealthy, often they give away 10% of what they earn to, to charities and, and whatever because it's, an, it's a principle that is key to seeing success grow in their life. So don't give it to the church and, or anything like that, but they understand that it's a key and that, you know, so it's, this was before the law. This was established before the, the law had come in. You know, um, you know, sometimes in Nehemiah it talks about we can, I guess we can forget the importance of tithe and forget that we need to tithe. And, and, in, and this happens certainly in the Bible. But in Nehemiah, um, where is it, 10, 35 to 37. Where are you? No, we're getting there. There it is. It talks about Nehemiah re-establishing in the tithes, reminding us that it's important. So Nehemiah 10, 35 to 37. We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord, also to bring to the house of our God the priest who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, as it is written in law, and the firstborn of our herds 
and of our flocks, and to bring the first of our dough and our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the wine and the oil, to the priest, to the chambers of the house of our God, and to bring to the Levites a tithe from our ground, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our towns where we labour. So sometimes we just need to be reminded about tithes and that, saying that we just kind of just slip in the pilot mode and just do. We actually need to be reminded of the importance of it. Um, so, you know, tithing is a first fruits thing. In Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So what is first fruits? What does it mean? about first fruits. You know, first is first. So, you know, a lot of people have said to me, I, I just give on my net, my, like, what I take home tithe. You know, we've got gross and net. So if you give on your net, therefore you're giving um, the tax man first fruits kind of thing instead of God first fruits. So we'll give him Mark money because he works at a tax office. So, um, yeah, um, well, thanks for putting your hand up, Mark, and distracting me. Um, yeah, so first fruits is we actually give of what we, the gross amount we earn of everything that comes in, and you know, um, so we don't give to the tax man, we don't give after the mortgage is paid, or you know, we, you give on everything what comes in, you know, um, and to make it so it's not complicated, like for Sarah and I, because um, Sarah's a bit more intelligent than me, but so I don't complicate it. Everything that comes, we get gift late whatever we we give on so when we got our first homeowners grant we tithed on that as well because we just don't want to confuse the matter that's our opinion and we and we love giving and and we found it's a blessing to do it but first fruits is i say it's yeah before anything else goes out you put on your first fruits yeah cool you know, sometimes God requires more than a regular tithe. And you can read that in Amos 4, verse 4 to 5. Um, you know, so 10% is just the, the bare minimum, I guess, the starting point. You know, and 10% is awesome because it's easy to work with. And that, like, 10% is the easiest amount to figure out on the number, hey? Like, I think God's clever in that because, you know, all of us can, should be able to do that. But, um, you know, it's just, it's a starting point and... Um, you know, it's not like I can do less and that. Like with God, you either do it or you don't. Like, so just make your choice up. I'm either going to tithe or don't. Don't give less or, or whatever. If you want to give more, that's up to you. But, um, yeah. God calls not tithing robbery. Um, in Malachi 3, verse 10 to 12. No, that's not that. Oh, that's... I wrote it wrong. Malachi 3, verse 8 to 9. Will man rob God, yet you are robbing me, but you say, have, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Well, that's pretty full-on verse, like, but it's what the Word of God is saying. So just be mindful of that. Um, you know, Mal- oh, no, that's right. In Malachi 3, verse 10, verse 12, it, it talks about, it's the only time in the Bible it talks about testing God in this. You know, nowhere else in the Bible does it say test God. We're not to test God in every, anything, but with our tithes, test God in this. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like God's just going, come on, see how good I am. Um, you know, in Matthew 6, 1 to 4, it talks about giving in secret. It talks about not letting your right hand see what your left hand's doing when it comes to tithe. So it's something that we don't boast about. We don't walk up the front when we get our tithes just going... 50, look at me, like, 
throwing our notes in there, kind of looking at the, the crowd. You know, um, Colin once told me that, you know, the story of the little old lady who gives her two pennies, whatever, and, and all the other businessmen are giving their heaps and that. He said back in then um, there was like a big um, round something, cylinder thing, and that when you throw your – because it was all coins back then – when you throw your coins in there, you can kind of hear how much you're giving. So, so these guys are just going like buckets old and it's been filling up with one cent pieces and tipping them in and all that. But the, everyone was able to kind of hear how much you were giving showing off. But this little old lady still went up there with her two pennies and, and, and dropped that in and, and that was far greater than what these other people gave of all their fortune because it was out of what she had, you know, it was her everything. So, yeah, do it in secret. Don't um, boast about how much you can give and all that. All right, I'm going to read two verses, Matthew 23 and 23. Is this making sense? It's not glazed over. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for your tithe, you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of law and justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And then Luke 11 verse 42 says, But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You know, sometimes we can either get caught up on like, I'm giving my tithes, I'm doing the right thing, that's all I have to do. But Or, or we do the other and we go, I'm loving people and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm doing the work with God, but I, so I don't need the tithe kind of, but they go together. It's not one without the other. It's, it's, it's moulded and it's meshed in. And, you know, loving people is the most important thing. That's what God's commanded us to do. But we need to practice this as well. Cool. So I read this in, in one commentary I was reading. It says, In the end, tithing wasn't something Israel did in the same way we minusly tossed a gratuity down with our bill at a restaurant. It was an intentional practice through which God intended to teach Israel about the sovereign ownership of everything, about his sovereign ownership of everything. Instead of being consumers of their blessing, they had to stop and think through just how much blessing they had. I reckon that's awesome because sometimes, you know, we can, like Sarah and I give our tithes manually on the bank and, and it kind of this comes out and it goes into the um, account. And we can kind of forget what we're tithing, but like, when you actually count and say, well, I'm blessed. Like God is blessing me. There's enough food to be on the table. You know, I'm able to pay the bills to have a roof over my head and, and all that. It's a, such a good reminder of how blessed we are. You know, tithe is relevant. It is a godly principle. And I believe it is the key to unlocking blessing over your own life, but also over the church's life and the community as well. Cool. I'm going to hand back to Sarah. Good job. <clears throat> awesome. And I love what Josh said, and maybe you are already tithing, and hopefully uh, this morning was just an encouragement for you, because sometimes we need to do a heart check. Am I enjoying tithing? Is it a joy to me? I know that I don't want to sound self-righteous, but personally, I don't ever remember a time in my life where I've got a pay, and I've tithed as long as I have earned income from when I was a young teenager. I don't ever remember a time where I got my paycheck, and I thought, oh, I have to tithe. Like, I find it such a joy to think how awesome. We get paid $1,000. I can give to the church and give to God 100 Like, I just think that's awesome. And may our hearts be so, um, like Josh said, grateful and thankful and joyous to be able to sow into something bigger than ourselves. And so may you check your heart where it's at with that. And again, it has to be something that you feel from God to do. And may it be something that God speaks to you about. But not only a heart check, 
Sometimes it's good for us to do a practical one when Josh said Nehemiah was reminding the people. Josh and I have had a couple of people come to us and say, you know, we had a regular transfer set up to the church and it finished and I didn't realise and it finished for months. So sometimes there's just little things that we need to check on. There's been others who have said, oh, I realised we weren't tithing on our income correctly. We're actually earning more and more here and now we've needed to up it. And I think it is such a significant thing. So there's a battle over it and there's confusion over it. So it's good for us to be, like Josh said, make a decision and this is what we're going to do, be thoughtful about it because otherwise, um, yeah, doubt and confusion can come in. May that lift. And we're sharing this on Vision Sunday because we spoke with the core team about this, but how cool if, like we're at 2,800... Part of our vision for this year is to see that increase. How cool would it be if by this time next year we can be at, say, 6,000 and that would just increase our capacity as a church to disciple a generation, to influence a community, to create youth halls for our youth that are just bursting at the seams, to create a greater space for our kids that are also bursting at the seams. So if we could do that, which is our vision, that's what's going to be the, I guess, the flow on from that. So that's why we're saying this and may we just get on board, church, because I think we're going to, I think we can do it um, if we all just sow in our 10% at least. All right, so that's financial provision and resources. May it be unlocked over your own life. And in terms of um, tithing, that's just a key that it will be unlocked in a greater way over our church, in our community. Uh, the third area, and this is a quick one because I know I've been speaking for a while. Do you, can I get someone up on the keys? Um, the third thing that I believe is going to define this season is healing. And it kind of goes with um, uh, the above, the favour and the miracles and so on. Uh, one of the things Byron also said when he was here was that healing will mark this house, it will mark our movement. And I think that we're seeing it in our playgroup. We're seeing mums who weren't able to have babies, able to have babies, mums who were having babies who were meant to be disabled. We prayed and they were healed. We're seeing people healed of chronic back pain. We're seeing people healed of arthritis. As you just talk to people and pray, God's moving. And so I am not going to talk for long on this point. We're just going to pray. And I really feel in this moment to pray for Dean, who's um, just had surgery last week and has more surgery coming up in a couple of weeks. I believe that God's miraculous hand has been upon you so far, but I believe there's more yet that God wants to do in you. And I've actually asked Dean Clark to bring the kids down because I know Mum is sitting in their Sydney church. They've got the kids to pray for things and God hears. And as it says in Psalm 8-2, I just think our kids are little weapons. It says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. And I know Matt Knight read that out a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about kids' church. So does someone mind going up and telling Dean Clark, thanks, Cass, to bring the kids on down. We're going to stand. Dean's going to come out, if you don't mind. And maybe Rosie, if you, don't, if you can come away from AV. Rosie's doing an awesome job on AV. I think we're going to pray for Josh too. Many of you wouldn't know, but he is pretty much in the moment in constant pain, in back pain. He's got sciatica up and down his legs and like he's, it's wearing him down because he's just in pain. And part of it is his trade, he's a builder and a carpenter. But I believe that um, it's not God's intention for him. And we prayed for him as a reach, at our REACH meeting a few weeks ago and it did get better for a while, but it's crept back in. So I think uh, God's working. And so come up. I didn't tell Josh I was going to do this. <laughs> come on, stand up. We're going to get the kids and I'm going to pray. And I don't know if mum and dad, you want to come and pray with us and Nancy or anyone who wants to just come and gather around these guys. And I really feel there is an atmosphere here of the presence of God that is just weighty with healing and purpose. And there might be others here. Stand church. And if you're believing for healing in your own life, receive this also as we pray. We'll just give the kids a few minutes as they come down. Pray for John's name, I'm saying.
He'll get better soon. <laughs> He's fit and strong. But yes, we will pray for it. Um, Dean, did you want to say anything about where you guys are at? Or Hey, church. Um, just a little bit of an update. So I've got surgery happening Wednesday in a week, so in a week and a half. And I guess the surgery that I'm having, it's quite major. It's a colectomy, which is a removal of your, basically your guts. No, <laughs> removal of your large intestine and your colon and everything. And the reason why I'm having that is because I, I was diagnosed late last year with something called FAP, which is a super rare genetic disease that actually creates polyps, which is precancerous and they can't stop them. So we'd love some prayer. So yeah. Yeah, we've got surgery and that, that'll be quite major. So seven to 10 days in surgery, uh, in surgery, <laughs> seven to 10 days in hospital, se- seven hours in surgery and um, four weeks at home recovery. So four weeks with Netflix, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, Dean's a young man. That's big surgery for a young man. And, you know, we've prayed for Dean and seen miracles. He had to be tested for cancer and that was likely that he would have it because this would, had gone unnoticed for so many years. Miraculously, he didn't have cancer. They then said his um, like colon and bowel were just full of polyps and that he needed to have it all removed. He then went back this week and he said, actually, I'm only going to have to remove 20% of the colon. You can keep 80, which is another miracle. And I think as we're praying, God is dissolving up those nasty little polyps. And so we're going to agree that they just disappear. We're going to pray for Josh for healing and strength in his back, that he won't be limited. And Josh just said, why don't we get Lucas up too? We prayed for you earlier. What, if you can, no, you're right. We're going to pray for you in your seat. All right. I feel like I've done a lot of talking. Does anyone else want to lead us off? Yeah, I am told kids, I told our kids in Kids Church in Sydney that God really loves kids and He listens to your prayers more than anyone else's. The Bible says the angels that watch over you always are in heaven's throne room. So you are, your prayers are really powerful. God really loves listening to you. So we're going to pray now. And anyone else who just wants a touch of heaven, because I can feel heaven in this house right now. And angels are present here. And I just know um, for these servants, for Josh, for Dean, for Rosie, they just need a miracle. And God is the one that went before, made a way. Jesus paid the price on the cross that by our wounds, we would be healed by His transgressions. We would be, I can't remember the verse. But I'm just going to pray. And kids, we're going to say amen at the end. And that means that we agree with the prayers, okay? Okay. Father, I just thank You that You went before and made a way when Jesus died on the cross that by the blood shed for us, we are healed and we're made whole. And so, Father, we just declare the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over Josh, over his back, Lord, over all the nerves and the bones and just everything that's there that needs healing and wholeness, we just declare that shalom word, nothing broken, nothing missing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, a peace that transcends all understanding to just descend upon Him. I thank You for the work that was begun and that will continue. And Lord, and that He would do His bit to build up the core and everything that He needs to do and that He would have time to do that, that He would build up the core in His back And Lord, that would strengthen what you are doing miraculously from heaven. And we agree with these kids for for Josh Durats in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, I'm going to pray for Dean. Do you want to pray for Dean, Mark? Cool. And I'm going to ask in a minute if any of you kids want to pray. In fact, do any of you kids want to pray at the moment? So would you like to? Dear God, hopes, hope. 
thing goes wrong is operation and amen. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, I just agree with what Tamana prayed. I thank you that you're going to get all those things out. All those polyps will just dissolve right now under the, your presence, God. I just thank you for a miracle that you've already done in Dean and Rosie's life and that you're continuing to work miraculously by your presence. And I just thank you for the testimony. This is going to be to a generation that is looking to Dean as he leads them and they're just going to see the God that is so gracious and loving and faithful to hear our prayers. And we just rejoice in advance for the miracles that are yet ahead for Dean and Rosie. I just cover them in your presence. Amen. Okay, just going to pray for all of us just who need healing. And if that's you, wherever you're standing, in the seats or wherever, you know, Sarah and Josh have just spoken so well about favour. And the thing about favour, you don't have to strive for it. Um, think about us mums and dads. We just love our kids. We'll do anything we can to bless our kids. The Bible actually says healing is the children's bread. And so I'm just going to declare favour. And I don't want us to strive for this. All we have to do as sons and daughters of God, just say, God, I just receive. I thank you for your favour, for your grace flowing. So whoever needs it in whatever area, body, mind, soul, spirit, imagination, heart, whatever area needs to be healed, we just thank you for a release of favour from heaven. Father, we thank you that when we run out of our options, Lord, that you just, you just move in those circumstances. So I thank you just for a grace and a favour and a healing. Pray for restoration in Jesus' name. I know some things in some lives have been damaged. I pray for a restoration now in Jesus' name that you will make some things new that need to be made new in Jesus' name. Whether it's for Lucas or others, I just pray for a newness, a freshness in Jesus' name in a whole bunch of areas. And we thank you for your grace flowing into hearts and lives, healing, equipping, I just think there's going to be shouts of praise and thankfulness that come out of this place in this next season. Amen, amen. Let's just thank God and just praise Him in advance, as Dad said, for that. Thank you, kids, for coming down. Thank you, church, for praying with us and bearing with us. It was probably a little bit longer this morning as we included all of that. And, you know, it says in the Bible, just before Jesus went up to heaven, after he rose from the grave, the last thing he said was, you will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. So it's obviously an important thing if it's the last words he said. So I just encourage us in our own lives, I really believe God's going to move through us. He wants to move in you, but also through us to others who need it. All right, so 2017, favour, financial provision and resources and healing are going to mark this year. Stand on it, claim it. God's moving in unconventional ways. Expect the unexpected and be prepared because I really feel obviously God wants us to partner with that grace that He is unleashing on the earth. Let's finish by singing and just, yeah, let's have some fun.